This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia, and this is our 234th episode of Talk Direction. And today, Caitlin is not going to be with us because she is busy moving into her new place um, in Boston. And um, I thought we would record an episode this week with a special guest. So filling in for Caitlin, all the way from Canada, is Steph. Hello. Oh, you were saying welcome, and then I just came. <laughs> I had the urge to, like, do a clap for you, but I was like, that probably wouldn't translate to the audio very well. <laughs> so, Steph is our friend and listener, um, and uh, we're going to have a fun episode today, so thank you for being with me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So what we've been doing at the beginning of our episodes is a little quarantine slash state of the world check-in. And you're, being in Canada, probably have a different um, uh, pandemic experience than us. But how has it been like the last few weeks for you, the last few months? Um, Yeah, it has been strange. (laughs) Um, My (laughs) husband has been working from home. I am currently on mat leave, so I would have been home anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we were in like total lockdown isolation for, uh, I want to say for two months from like March, uh, and April. And then, um, by the end of May, we sort of expanded our bubble to include Mm -hmm. our parents and siblings a little bit. And, um, we have been steadily in my province doing like a phased reopen. So we're on like Mm -hmm. phase three right now and we were doing really well, um, until about a week ago. So we actually were down to one active case in the whole province, which was awesome. That's amazing. And now we are at 79. Oh my God. No, we had a little outbreak, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. yeah we have well we have a lot of rural communities um mm-hmm. so there's been some unfortunate outbreaks there just because like the distancing there maybe was not what it should have been right and there was um we opened up our bubble to uh western canada so there's been some imported cases from travel mm, um yeah but i mean it is what it is we were never i think people here were like really hoping it was gonna be like down to zero and then we were just going to be in our little manitoba bubble yeah uh, and, and that didn't happen but yeah I, I mean it's not good but it sort of does keep us you know on our toes as a reminder like we need to still you know be wearing masks and you know right. the world hasn't gone back to normal so it's not yeah. it's obviously not good but um it, i mean it could be worse yeah oh yes yeah. it could be <laughs> He could be in the States. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we are 45 minutes away, so. Oh, that's true. Let's, let's keep the border closed. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> no, none offense taken. You should definitely keep the border. Everyone should keep their borders closed. Yeah. America should just honestly be, like, sunken into the earth. <laughs> I'm willing to sacrifice myself. <laughs> um, 
If you guys don't know Steph, she has been on the uh, podcast before a few times. So if you want to like get the um, 1DID of Steph, like um, definitely go and check out those episodes. Do you happen to remember like what the first episode you were on was? Oh, like what the topic was? I, I think Martha and I were on to talk. I think it was before you were on the podcast, actually. I think it was when Caitlin was. Yeah, it um, was. Just had lots of guest she was going through um yeah think, it must have been fall winter of 2017 yeah maybe yeah i think so anyway i think martha and i were on together and we talked about flicker yeah either the song or the album i can't remember yeah but yeah i think we talked about flicker at least i remember talking about the song and i because i remember martha making fun of me because i think i gave it the lowest rating and i was like the nile oh. fan. <laughs> Yeah, it must have been winter of 2017. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, there was a Paper Houses song. Oh, Flickr song discussion. Uh, yep, this was it. Was that so, it? Yeah. Yes, it's episode one, 126. Holy. It was some time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. February 22nd, 2018. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while. Normally when we have a new guest on, we'll do like, you know, get their one DID. But we've we've talked to Steph many times. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to hear it anymore. No. no. <laughs> um, yeah, things here have been kind of the same uh, doom and gloom a little bit. But, mm. um, you know, hanging in there. Um, today we're going to be talking about a Nile song, uh, Dress, which is one of his bonus tracks from Heartbreak Weather, which I'm very excited to do. And then um, on our Black Lives Matter discussion, we're going to talk about boy bands. Um, and Steph has prepared some stuff that I'm very looking forward to, very much looking forward to. Um, but before we get into everything, we do have a Patreon. Um, so you can find that at patreon.com slash talk direction. And we do talk direction download over there, which is a 30 minute episode only for our patrons. Uh, last week, we talked about this fake leaked track list that actually turned out not to be fake at all. Um, and it was totally real. <laughs> and that was a really fun episode to do. Um, and this week, we're going to talk more about boy bands. Um, me and Steph are going to talk about boy bands because Steph is a little bit of a boy band aficionado. Would you call yourself that? I mean, if you want to call me that. I, I do. <laughs> um, I mean, a little bit. I didn't. I kind of fell into that. I used to just be like a Backstreet Boys fan. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm here with you on yeah. this 1D podcast. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so check that out if you want to hear more. I'm basically going to, like, interview Steph about boy band, like, (laughs) trivia, I guess. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Um, We don't really have news this week, but I did want to touch briefly on the fact that the 10-year anniversary, uh, One Direction's 10-year anniversary, has come and gone. Um, Me and Caitlin are going to talk more about it when she's back. We're going to do, like, a whole episode um, and kind of expand on it. But uh, I thought we would just do a brief check-in since... um, this is going to be the episode that comes out after the anniversary. Um, so for me, I felt like it was more eventful than I expected, but was still a letdown somehow. Like, I feel like they did do more than I kind of thought they would, but I was still disappointed. <laughs> because it was like, they did more, but it was kind of like confusing. Not meaningless, but I, I didn't really understand it. I don't know. What was you, what were your feelings about it, Steph? I mean, their website didn't work for most of the day. 
No, it didn't. That website they like hyped up for like a week and then it just yeah it didn't work. There was at one point they had this tweet that said and we're back. And I got the tweet notification of that from the official 1D account, and I was uh-huh. like, okay, I know they mean the website, but you need to watch your mouth. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that was mean. It was mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was excited about the website because of the playlist thing, but then my Spotify would never, never was able to connect. Oh. Like, it just said, like, come track, come back later. But I still went through the website, um... And, like, I just have the window saved so I can, like, go back and try to connect it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go through all of it, but I went through some of it. Yeah. I didn't go through any of it. I was oh, too, really? I was too mad at them because I was convinced <laughs> we were going to get more. Yeah. And I was like, I'm over this. <laughs> well, not, none of the boys did anything. <laughs> hey, they tweeted. They tweeted. They did. They, they did. they tweeted some very sweet things, actually. And Liam did a radio show. Oh, yeah. God bless Liam. He is the one keeping this, like, fragmented fandom together, I think. Yeah. But I am confused because I remember Liam talking about how Louis said he was going to egg his house if he kept talking about the, the, like, what's going to happen. But I guess he must have just meant, like, nothing's going to happen. And if you keep (laughs) hyping it up, people are going to be mad. So stop it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I said on Twitter they all deserve to have their asses egged. We'll go on a world tour and egg all of the mm-hmm. 1D boys' houses. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good plan. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, me and Caitlin are going to talk more about that next week. Um, definitely write in if you have thoughts or feelings about the anniversary. Um, but today, we're going to just jump right into our main discussion where we're going to talk about dress. Um, and this is uh, one of Niall's bonus tracks off his latest album, Heartbreak Weather. It was written by Greg Kirsten, Julia Michaels, and Niall. And it was released on March 13th with the album, but only as a bonus song on the Target Addiction, a Target Addiction, Target Edition, um, which was also like the Deluxe Edition. Um, there's two bonus songs on the Target Edition, Dress and then Nothing. Um, and I feel very confused about why they were put as bonus tracks. And I think Niall is confused as well, <laughs> based on like when he talk, when he's talked about it. Um but do you remember the first time you heard this song and your first reaction stuff? Um, I listened to it after I had listened to the whole album because I just I had listened to the regular one, uh, and then I went and lit um, like search for these songs on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we don't have me too. Here. Um, <laughs> and I think we were in lockdown when this came yeah. out, so I couldn't yeah. go anyway. Um, but yeah, I remember listening to it and thinking like, okay, this is the like Irish, the token Irish song of the album. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, it's usually Niall's slower songs take a bit of time to grow on me. I, mm-hmm. and that's just with anyone in general, honestly, I shouldn't just say Niall. Like I get right. into upbeat songs a lot quicker and then I have to sit with slower songs. So I was like, oh yeah, nothing is a jam and dress that's meh, meh. but I really like it now. Like, yeah. I think I might like it more than nothing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've I've always really loved this song. Um, I also, like, listen to the whole album, and then I listen to these two on YouTube. Um, but I forget about dress all the time because I listen to music, like, primarily through Spotify. Um, and mm. so I just forget that dress exists because it's not, obviously, not available on Spotify. Um, so that's kind of been nice actually, because it like doesn't get spoiled. 
like the other songs that I listen to just like over and over again. Um, and then when I do listen to it, it's like extra like enjoyable because I like hadn't haven't heard it in weeks. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand. Although I did yeah. put these ones on my phone because I added it yeah. to my Apple Music. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but it's funny you say that about um, the Spotify because Niall did that too. When he did his like album breakdown thing on mm-hmm. Instagram, he was going through all the tracks and then he stops at still and he's like, yeah, that's the album. And then I guess people were giving him comments and he's like, oh, I was looking at Spotify at the track list. Oops, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying that they have those like Target exclusives. I hate yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so Niall has said a couple things about this song. Uh, when the album first came out, he replied to some tweets. The first one was someone asked, do you love dress just as much? And Niall said, yes, it's a stunner. Gives me goosebumps. The lyrics couldn't be more honest if I tried. Um, and someone else said, do you feel like dress completes black and white somehow? And Niall said, dress is my baby and a very emotional song to write. Personal stuff for me. Um, and then... Also on Instagram, he did a live um, album breakdown on May 28th, and Steph uh, transcribed some of that for us. Do you want to read sure. what he said? Yeah, he said, uh, so it's hard to transcribe him because he jumps around with talking, but I tried <laughs> to make it clear. Uh, he yes. said, dress is about, after eight weeks, I'd say I was walking past my wardrobe and I noticed tucked in the corner, there was a long white dress of that person's. Um, For a while, the dress was in the background of that person's phone and a picture of me and that person. So just seeing that and being like, effing hell, I should get rid of that. But then at the same time being like, I'm not ready to. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I do know what you mean, Niall. He's so cute that he says, like, he was so careful to say, like, that person, that person, Uh and not even use, like, a gender pronoun. Yeah. Which is, is very... Like, it's commendable, but, like, we know that you use she all over the album. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just probably his way of trying to make it very anonymous. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No idea who this could possibly be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so what else did he say? He said the song was written in the 6-8 time signature. Um, Niall said that is a very Irish time signature and he tends to write in that time signature and then he also said that other songs written in 6-8 are Paper Houses, On My Own and then Fire Away to an extent. Not sure Mm -hmm. what that means. Um. Yeah and I have to listen to Fire Away and see what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then this is interesting. He had said that um, because it was so Irish he wanted to have violin on it Uh, so he called Connor Masterson from his band um, and he sent him the track with like just the acoustic guitar and some drums, and he asked him mm. to play on it. Um, and then Connor and Jake, who is Niall's live guitar player, they just went into the studio, and Niall says they nailed it on. It was class. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I really feel like the violin like makes this song. It really does. Yeah, I listened. I made more of an effort to listen to the violin parts the last couple days um, when I knew we were yeah. going to talk about this, and after. I had gone and rewatched that, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds really good." Like, yeah, really good decision, Niall. <laughs> and yeah, good for sure. And Connor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I love the um, the time signature stuff. Is 
kind of complex and hard to understand, um, particularly like the 6-8 time signature. Um, but I feel like the way that I understand it is that um, it, it's like that kind of swinging, um, like like swinging beat. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like that's what six, eight is. Yeah. Um, I, so I was also confused and I tried to get my husband to explain it to me because he played a lot of music. Um, oh, really? Oh, that, I didn't know that. Yeah. He was like in band and oh, music cool. stuff and he's good at math. And I have this theory that like people who are very good at math <laughs> are good at music, uh-huh. which yeah. is a total offshoot. Um, and I'm sure you could do a whole other episode on that. But anyway, he explained it to me that it's like there is um, eight beats per bar. Mm-hmm. And then every sixth beat is like the like more there's more emphasis on it. And he tried to yeah. do it by like hitting his hands on the table and explaining it to me. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I think it's, it. <laughs> I think it's six beats per bar. But every but it's the eighth notes. Oh, yes. No, that's right. That's right. Beat. See, I clearly yeah. didn't understand it. <laughs> it's, it honestly gets really complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but most music is in 4-4, four, four, which means it's qu- quarter notes. Quarter notes gets the beat, and there's like four per measure. Yes. Yes. So like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. But this one is one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three. Right. So it's more swinging. Yes. And it's something about there being half notes like um or sorry eighth notes because it's like um i think it's each beat gets it's supposed to be like there's two (laughs) dotted quarter notes which is supposed to be uh like one and a half it's very complicated i'm not going to try to explain it further but (laughs) i don't know my friend kelly also explained it to me and she's like trained in music theory and she explained it to me very well and i understood it while she was explaining it to me but that was like two days ago Right. <laughs> I feel like all you need to know is it is that kind of swinging like Irish, like la da 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 da. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me because there's things like like on my own and paper houses. Like to me, when I heard yeah. those songs, I was like, oh, they sound very Irish, but I couldn't mm. put my finger on why. And yeah, I kind of get why. And then we did an experiment where Spencer was like, oh, I bet like Ed Sheeran's Go Away Girl is also written in 6-8. And then we listened to uh-huh. it and he was like, never mind, this is 4-4. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he has a lot of songs in 6-8, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't go through it. But yeah, we uh, yeah. that theory was shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. It does really make you want to like sway to the song, like mm-hmm. that kind of beat like it just makes you want to sway back and forth and I feel like hearing this song live would be so fun because uh, um, so everyone would just sway back and forth and like maybe you'd have your lighters out I think yeah well it, and it like works with the dress imagery right like you can just see someone yes. like swaying with the like skirt flowing oh, totally. and the wind. yeah oh yeah Niall he's, he's just a genius <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my first question is should this have been a bonus track? Um, because I feel like it shouldn't have been. No. I don't understand why I it was know. a bonus track. I don't understand either. I feel like it's integral. I feel like story-wise, this song is integral to the whole picture, and it's supposed to be before still. And having Ooh. it as a bonus track makes it seem like it's supposed to be after still, which is very confusing. Yeah, it's super confusing. I remember Niall said I couldn't find 
this, but I remember him saying, like, I don't want anyone to think, like, I like dress or nothing less than the other songs mm-hmm. or that they're not part of the story. He says, I right. still very much like them and they're very much a part of the story. And he said that Target was doing this, um, like, deluxe version of the album and he said... I had to give them two bonus songs, and he's like, I wasn't really willing to release 18 right. songs, so I had to, right. like, give them these two, and these were the two I decided. But, I, yeah. but I'm trying to think, like, what he could have cut off to put this in, like, to put this in the standard edition, and I can't come up with anything, because, like, yeah. San Francisco and Still are, you know, sort of also part of that slow ending of the album, but, right. I mean, if you cut either of those out, it would remove just as much from the story as this song does so i don't yeah i don't don't think he could have removed those last two yeah i feel like there's some there's like a couple songs that are like not my favorites that i feel like i would remove but then they wouldn't make sense at the end of the album because they're like songs that are more in the middle of the album so i feel like he should have just uh written some extra songs to throw into the target edition (laughs) And put these ones on the main album. Yeah, exactly. Just give them to us and I'll come on. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, I don't know. Nothing isn't my favorite. I haven't actually listened to it enough, though. But Dress, I just, I really love it so much. And I just mm-hmm. feel like it really belongs on this album. And I'm annoyed that it's a bonus track. Oh, yeah. Um, but are we, like, in agreement that it's supposed to be, is it, like, is it, like, agreed upon that it's supposed to be between San Francisco and Still? Yeah, he says that. Yeah. He was asked on Twitter um, where these would go on the track list, and he said this one goes in between San Francisco and Still, and he said yeah. nothing goes after No Judgment, I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think. I cannot remember that exactly. Uh... Oh, it, I'm sorry. It goes after New Angel. So it goes New Angel, Nothing, No Judgment. Oh, that's right. I remember him talking about that. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't find it. It is so hard to, like, keep up and, like, follow Niall because he's constantly, like, tweeting and constantly doing Instagram lives. And so you can never, like, go back and just search something because there'll be, like, endless options. It's impossible. (laughs) Like, he's my favorite and I follow him the most and I still miss stuff. Like, that time I texted you guys and I was like, what is this champagne lovers thing people are talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like some unreleased song of his. Like, you would think I, as, like, a Nile fan would know that. But there's just so much stuff. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he wrote this song with, um, Julia Michaels, which is really cool. And they obviously have been collaborators for a while. They did a song together called What a Time that Niall didn't actually write on. He just contributed, um, vocals to. Um, but do you feel like you can see Julia Michaels' influence on this song when you listen to it? Yeah, I think, uh, the way the verses are written are very... Julia Michaels E, like they're a very mm-hmm. stream of consciousness. Yeah. Which is a very Julia Michaels way of writing, which is something I love about her writing. So it works very well mm-hmm. here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I can definitely see um, correlations with this song and What a Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot of similarities of kind of like the sentiment and like the ideas behind both of them. Mm hmm. Um, so I think we're just going to get into the lyrics and then, um, if you have 
other thoughts on these other questions I have, we can kind of talk about them as we go, unless you had anything before we do that. Uh, no, we can jump right into it. Okay, cool. So, um, starting with the title, Caitlin always likes to talk about the title, and I always forget to talk about the title. Um, the title of the song is Dress, which I think is a fitting title. Um, I feel like it's very, like, evocative, especially after you've heard the song, and then, like, you see the title. I feel like it definitely, like, gives you, you know, the feeling of the song kind of right away. Um... What are your thoughts about the title? Yeah, I think it works really well because I think, um, I mean, it could have been, like, he could have taken the easy route and used something like, do you still want it or something as the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but dress, I think, is really the catalyst to him writing the whole song, right? Like he said, mm-hmm. I walked by my wardrobe and I saw it and it keeps, I mean, the entire, we'll get into it, but the entire song is basically about how he wants to let go, but he can't quite yet. And like mm-hmm. having the dress still hanging there is a big part of that so yeah Yeah. I think it's it works really and it's very simple it works really well yeah yeah I I agree um it makes me think of Taylor Swift's song dress just Mm because they both have the same title yeah I thought Um, of that too so and that song is quite um like it's explicit in a way um yeah so I was like oh what's this Niall song gonna be about because he also kind of writes explicit type music not yeah. sure if you're aware. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, right, like, like he does stuff like that with, like, slow hands or even back with 1D with temporary fix. So I was like, ooh, what oh, is yeah. this going to be? Um, and then it's this, like, sad. Yeah, like, sentimental. Kind of song, like, like, yeah, I know. That's the two things he does really well are very, like, yeah. sentimental <laughs> songs and, like, sexy time songs. And there's no yeah. in-between with that, man. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, so yeah, musically, the song, I love, love the way this song starts. Um, It opens with some piano notes. And like, I feel like when you hear the opening of this song, like, it's just so beautiful and sad and kind of like ballady. And Mm -hmm. I think like, I hear the opening and I think like, it's going to be like, Louis Capaldi-esque, like ballad, like piano ballad. Um, with those, like, first notes, but then it, like, really quickly goes into that, like, 6-8 time signature, like, the guitars, um, and it's, like, a totally different vibe, like, really quickly, but I just love that little, like, intro of, like, kind of, like, that sad piano that, like, hooks you right away, and then it kind of, like, changes. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I don't don't really have anything else to add. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Like, it's just the beginning of it is so beautiful. And that's uh, that's another thing he does really well, right? Where, like, a song Mm -hmm. will start and then he will, like, switch it up. Yes. I think he is good at that, yeah. I feel like this album was just, like, really well done. And, like, this song is a really good example of, um, I think, how good the production was. Um, because there's all these, like, kind of little moments on the song that, like, really make it. And, like, this is one of those examples is, like, that they decided to, like, open it with this, like, little bit of piano. As opposed to just, like, going right into the kind of swinging guitar. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read the first verse? Sure. Um, where are we going to start here? Okay. Yeah, I can read it. Um, so he starts with, I keep staring at that little white number... You left here in the summer, hanging in my wardrobe. Do you still want it? Do you still want it? I know that I did you the service of calling because I'm nervous. 
I know that we don't talk. I know that it's on purpose. Do you still want it? There is something so satisfying about these lyrics. And I don't know if it's like Julia's influence, but just like some of the rhyming and like the cadence of it and like the way that it flows. It's just like, I don't know, it's very satisfying, especially like that little white number you left here in the summer. And I know I did you the service of calling because I'm nervous. I don't know. There's just something in like the way that the words are written that is very satisfying. It is. Um, I also, so Niall is not great at enunciation. <laughs> yeah, this has been a problem before. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, these are not the lyrics that I sing in my car. <laughs> I thought it was, I know I did you a disservice. I'm calling because I'm nervous. That's what I've always thought. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. (laughs) Because the rest of the song is all about, like, you know, he feels sorry and he wants to apologize and, like... Right. But then this song is like, I did you the service of calling. You know? (laughs) Right? What is that? (laughs) I know. I wonder if if that is wrong. I feel like I haven't listened closely enough to, like, that specific line. I think it is, though, I know that I did you the service. No, I think it is. I think these lyrics here are right. It's just that I hear it, you know, in my head that way the first time, and then I sing it that mm-hmm. way forever. Like how I didn't know what small talk was either, so. Oh, yeah. What did you think those lyrics were? Uh, I thought small talk, small talk only gets you nowhere. It doesn't even sound like that. I oh. just heard it that way the first time. And I told no. this to my husband, and he's like, no, it's small talk only gets in the way. And, like, my husband knows the right lyric, and I don't. <laughs> no, you're right. No. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. I thought that I had those wrong. No, it's small talk only gets in the way is the lyric. And I thought it was small talk only gets you nowhere. It doesn't sound like that. <laughs> but I feel like I've discovered that the lyrics were get you nowhere and I was like that doesn't make any sense wait maybe I have that backwards (laughs) see but he's not clear (laughs) sorry Niall if you're actually listening to this I love you but you do not enunciate (laughs) okay on google it does say small talk only gets in the way yeah so, All right, well, I don't know. I think it's the other way in my car still. It doesn't matter. He can't tell me what to do. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> um, so what were your thoughts on this first verse? Um, it's The imagery is really good, right? Like I just yes. picture Niall standing like in his bedroom like, and maybe there's, like, a window open, and he looks over and sees this, like, dress, like, maybe it mm-hmm. caught the wind or something, and it moves a bit, and it's just, like, this, like, white sundress hanging yeah. in his closet, and he's just, like, uh. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Which I guess is exactly what happened, so he wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like Niall has such a gift of writing songs that, like, make you remember things from your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just feel like I always relate on such a personal level to his songs. Um, like, when I hear them, I just, like, see my own, like, life. Yeah. I just feel like he's really, really good at that. And then he also is so generous in his, like, discussion of the songs where he, like, literally said, like, on Instagram, like, uh, that this dress was in the corner of his wardrobe and, like, yeah. it belonged to this person. Um, and then he goes on to talk about, like, 
there is a picture of you know him and this person on their as their phone background um and then he would see the dress in his wardrobe and like think of that picture and it's just like the whole thing like it's just it paints you like a whole picture yeah um and i feel like you can hear that from the lyrics like after seeing that story like you can it's like oh like these lyrics are like 100 percent true like this actually happened um which i just love that like really honest way of writing yeah i agree he's been very open this uh Mm -hmm. era with like everything that inspired the songs and everything that happened to him like short of him like saying like exactly what happened like we pretty much know exactly what happened (laughs) just by way of listening to the album and then listening to his instagram live talking about it like we pretty much know what was going through his head so right yeah Yeah, we know like locations and timelines and yeah yeah it's pretty crazy yeah i also really like the way that he sings um on this song because i feel like his voice is like it's very gruff but like very quiet at the same time yeah he sounds very irish in that Mm, way like he has allowed his accent to come through in his singing in this song yeah yeah i also feel like there's um supposed to be like uh it's supposed to kind of bring up like potentially like a wedding dress thoughts um yeah it's like white a white you know it's like dress and it's like a white dress and it's a sentimental song and there's like black and white on the album mm-hmm. um and i think like as you get go through the song i think for me at least it kind of seems like it's not about a wedding dress um but i feel like they're supposed to be like kind of that thought in the back of your head of like you know, singing about a white dress, about someone who, like, maybe there's a part of you that, like, wishes that you were maybe going to get married. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I mean, that's what he said, right? Like, with the whole mm-hmm. standing there in your dress in uh, black and white, and then, mm-hmm. like, this person's white, not wedding dress, but sundress is standing there, and he's just, like, yeah. kind of looking at everything that he lost, like, what he had and what he hoped he would have, and then didn't yeah. end up happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very good. Yeah. I feel like the line, um, I know that we don't talk, I know that it's on purpose, is, like, especially impactful. Um, It's so sad. It is. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they have, like, agreed not to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It is really sad. Yeah. (laughs) And I just feel like this, this song is so easy to, like, relate to because it's, like, that thing that me and Caitlin talk about of, like, lyrics that are really specific end up being you end up being able to relate to them more than lyrics that are more like generalized yeah um because like you might not have like a dress that someone like a white dress that someone left at your house but like you know most people probably have had some experience where someone that they miss has like left something at their house and it's like you just keep the thing and you're like i probably should return this or do something with it but like maybe Mm -hmm. i'll keep it because maybe they want it back someday and then i'll see them (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you're still like clinging on to that physical thing from your past Mm -hmm. relationship right yeah yeah Yeah, i like how he paints that picture with the uh do you still want it and how he says that twice like do you still want the dress and like maybe do you still want this relationship even though we don't talk it's so sad. Yeah, it is so sad. Yeah, I feel like the repetition of do you still want it is supposed to be like that. Like, yeah. do you still want this dress? Do you still want me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else about that first verse? No, I think I think that's it. Okay. So then we have the pre-chorus and the chorus, which I'm going to just read together. Um, the pre-chorus is just, but I'm holding on. 
And then the chorus is, maybe it's time to put your dress away or leave it out. Maybe it's time that I give you space. I just want to see it back on your body, watch you dance around and tell you I'm sorry. Maybe it's time to put your dress away, even if I don't want to, babe. Um, I especially love the pre-chorus. Um, he says, but I'm holding on. And there's like quite a long pause before it moves into the chorus. And I feel like that must have been on purpose because I feel like letting that um, sentence like kind of hang in the air, like really makes it very powerful. Yeah, I totally agree. Because you're like thinking about everything he's thinking about, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm holding on like, oh, maybe I don't have to go into this chorus. Maybe she's going to call me. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't have to put the dress away. Yeah. 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 Um, And then the harmonies on the chorus are so lovely. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like a harmony of like singing and then there's also some like ooh, oohs, some oohs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I really love the way too when he says maybe it's time to put your dress away, like the way he sings it is really pretty. He says he does like that thing where he like mixes words together. So like dress away is kind of like one word. He sings, like, dress yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he sings it kind of like a question, right? Like, he has the upswing at the end. Yeah. Like, he's asking himself. And then he, like, he almost, like, cuts himself off by saying, like, or leave it out. You know, where he's... Oh, yeah. Like, thinking about yeah. it. And then he's like, I'll just, I'll just leave it out. Just, I'll put it away too yeah. far, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point, because he says it, the maybe it's time to put your address away is kind of so slow, and then it's like, or leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like there's so many, like, kind of double or, like, layered meanings, um, like, sort of throughout this whole song. Obviously, he's talking about a dress, but he's also talking about a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, maybe it's time that I give you space. Um, and then it's, like, it's like just the multifaceted, like, kind of talking about, like, putting it, like, maybe it's time I put it away um, versus, like, giving it back to her versus, like, keeping it and, like, having it out in your house or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I also love, like the um I want to see it back on your body watch you dance around um because I feel like the song has such like a dancey feel to it because of the six eight time signature and like the violin and stuff um and then also like it makes you think of like put a little love on me especially the music video um because Mm -hmm. there's like the music video there's that dancer and like in the video there's she does like some kind of like choreographed dancing um and I just feel like when you have an album like this, that's like very cohesive um, and kind of like a storyline, at least for me, like I will think of like other songs or like other moments from the album when I'm like listening to different songs. So like hearing like uh, watch you dance around kind of makes me think of the put a little love on me video. Yeah. Yeah. It, and like that ghostly too. girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It made me think of that too. Like exactly. That's um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this part with he, where he's like, um, maybe it's time that I give you space. Where he said like earlier, like call, uh, like I called you, or I'm calling. I don't know. I thought it was I'm calling because I'm nervous, but it still works, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like he he's like, oh, we don't talk, but you know, maybe he just like made up some reason to phone her, <laughs> right? Yeah, and now he's like, well, maybe 
maybe if I put your dress away, I will also, like, give my mind a break, and then maybe I won't call mm-hmm. you so often for nonsensical things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else about the chorus? Uh, nope. Okay. Um, and then we get to verse two. Um, do you want to read verse two? Sure. Uh, so verse two goes, I keep staring at that little white number, the one in the picture. When we lose our temper, you look at it for hours, but do you still want it? You smile on the staircase and you open the door, kissing on the couch, makeup in the drawer. Darling, do you still want it? I love this verse, especially after hearing him talk about the picture, Mm -hmm. um, the phone background, because when I heard the song before I heard that story, I assumed that like she would go look at the dress, like she would just go to the closet and stare at the dress. But then after seeing that story, I'm like, oh, I wonder if it means she's staring at the picture of them um, where she's wearing that dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, makes more sense, especially if it's, like, her phone background. Like, maybe it was, like, a picture that they took, you know, together. Um, And I just love that, like, him talking about it, like, brings new meaning to the song. Yeah, I like that, too. I like the, like, the imagery of it being on her phone. Or what he said. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we lose our temper, and I just picture them, like, having an argument. And then, like, you know, there's that, like, silent time after the argument where you're still both, like, angry, but you're quiet. And maybe she's just, like, yeah. sitting there, like, scrolling her phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the violin comes back. Well, we had a lot of violin in the chorus that was so gorgeous. And then it comes back for the on the second verse and it's just like so perfect also his vocals are so perfect he just sings this song so well he does um there's a live version that he did on instagram live uh where he just kind of played it randomly um and my favorite part of that was the you smile on the staircase and you open the door like that part was so good when he was singing it um i guess it was i guess it was live because he got like really loud um singing that part and I just feel like this song has a really good, like, kind of, like, dynamic feel to it where, like, there'll be, like, really soft moments and then kind of, like, louder moments. Um, and, like, there's, like, the piano, but then there's also, like, the Irish kind of uh-huh. elements, too. Um, and, like, I love the imagery of you smile on the staircase and you open the door. Smile on the staircase. I thought that was as I opened the door. <laughs> yeah actually i thought i opened the door too See? smile on the right. staircase as i open the door yeah right right niall come on man because <laughs> i always listen to it and i i pictured that he's opening the door to his house and he's like seeing a vision of her smiling on mm-hmm. the staircase mm-hmm. even though she's not actually there because like that's what used to happen like he would come home and like open the door and she'd be there on the staircase I like, or, like, he'd see them on the couch together. Like, that's kind of how I mm-hmm. pictured this verse meaning. But I guess it could mean the same thing if it's, and you open the door. Like, you know, just different. Yeah. It's like he's gone back, right? Like, he's thinking, mm-hmm. we'd lose our temper. You'd look at it for hours. And then he goes, like, do you still want it? And it's like he goes back in his mind to a happier time, right? Where yeah. they would be, like, kissing. And then he's walking around his house again. And he sees, like, maybe, like 
eyeshadow or something in, you know, his yeah. washroom, and he's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, the same feeling with the dress. And then it's, like, the way that he adds the darling, uh Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Break my heart, why don't you? <laughs> I know. Well, and just more stuff, like, that this person's stuff is just, like, strewn about his life. Yeah. You know, after they've broken up, and he's like, you know, oh, I saw this makeup. Do you want it? Do you want this, yeah. this too? Like, yeah. I just feel like it's so, it's so, like, um, relatable, and it's so, um, like, just very, like, I know I said evocative earlier, but I just feel like that's the best, like, word. Yeah. Um, like, I just, I feel like when I hear this, like, you smile on the staircase as I open the door, I just, like, I just, like, picture, like, a warm house um, with, like, happy people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, this nice, happy line, like, um, smiling on the staircase, kissing on the couch, makeup in the drawer, and then, like, darling, do you still want it is kind of, like back to like reality of like he's remembering these good times but she's like the person's not actually there anymore yeah yeah i totally agree he does a really good job at painting the picture in this song Mm -hmm. yeah he really does um and then yeah i feel like too this is kind of where like the verses are kind of where i see the um relations to what a time um I'm trying to find the lyrics to that. Um, Like on one of the verses is, I know we didn't end it like we're supposed to, and now we get a bit tense. I wonder if my mind just leaves out all the bad parts. I know we didn't make sense. I admit it. I admit it that I think about it sometimes, even though I know it's not so distant. Oh no, I still want to reminisce it. Um, So like very similar, like sentiment of like this relationship where it's kind of like, it's like, I know it wasn't, like, meant to be, but at the same time, I still want to think about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, because I remember Julia saying uh, that when she had Niall on that song, as soon as he heard it, he was really into it. And she had said, Mm -hmm. you know, Niall was excited because he was going through something similar at the time. Yeah, didn't they talk about, they were going through parallel, like, heartbreaks? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even though he didn't write on that song, like, he still had an emotional connection to it. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Anything else about that verse? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So after that verse, we have the pre-chorus and the chorus again, which are the same as the first. Um, And then we have this bridge, which is um, just great. And it's just la, 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 repeated. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, um, he says, I know, you know, we both want it, babe. Um, and I just love this bridge. Like, when I hear this bridge, I get so, like, so sad that we didn't get to see this tour. Um, I know. Because this bridge would be, like, such a, like, great moment to be in his audience. Um, like, I just feel like the whole crowd would be, like, la, 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 you know, singing yeah. the la, la, la's. Yeah. Um, and it would just be such a good crowd moment. Yeah. It's very, like, it's very Irish. Yes. Like, it's a very <laughs> Irish drinking song, like, sitting in the pub, like, somebody's, you know, off to the side with their, like, violin. And, like, yeah. I could see him, like you know, swaying on stage to this, like you said before, like people have their like phones or lighters out, like, oh, it would be such mm-hmm. a good moment. <laughs> yeah. 
It really would be. And, like, the violin all throughout this bridge, again, is just, like, so beautiful. Um, And uh, I also love the last lines of the bridge, which is, I know you know we both want it, babe. Because I feel like, again, it can kind of have different meanings. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you could read that as um, saying, like, you know, we both know that we want this relationship to work. Like, we both know that you want to come back. Um, But also it could be read as, like, in relation to the rest of the song where he's like, maybe it's time to put your dress away even if I don't want to. And then he's like, we both know we both want it. Meaning, like, we want to, like, put it away. Mm -hmm. But we, like, can't. Like, I feel like it could be read kind of both ways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. It's, um, like, the double meaning throughout this song works so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the rest of the song, he's talking about even though I don't want to, mm-hmm. or even if I don't want to. So it would make sense that in the bridge when he's saying, we both want it, that he'd kind of be referring to the same thing. Um, but he also could be saying, like, we both know we want this, you know, relationship. Because yeah. um, I feel like in this song, there's not really, like, um, concrete, like, he's not saying that, like, you know, it was a bad relationship or, like, they're not getting back together. Um, it kind of seems like it's, like, not too far off from when they broke up, you know? Yeah. Um, like, he says in the summer. He doesn't say, like, last summer. But it doesn't seem like it's years ago. It seems like it's maybe, like, you know, a few months or, like, a couple seasons ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still reeling from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the I know you know we both want it, babe, could be, like, we both want the relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also I feel like there's a relation to um, Still, because um, in Still he says, uh, the, the chorus starts with, so tell me you want it, a thousand miles away from the day that we started. Ah, yes, that's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of, especially if, like, dress is supposed to be before, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of, He's kind of saying, you know, I know you know we both want it, babe. And then in still he's saying, tell me you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. I didn't, re- I didn't think about that, but yeah. 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 In um, general, in this album, like, he does a lot of reusing phrases, but mm-hmm. not, like, not, like, in a way that seems lazy, right? Like, it seems very no. intentional, the way that he's dropped that in, especially when he says, like, the album is cohesive story, that, like, yeah. it goes from track one to track 14, and, like, it tells a full story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, the, the like, repetition of words or themes is, like, really, uh, like, it was a smart decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm someone who, like, I often will listen to albums um and I don't like I don't always like connect songs to each other but I feel like with this one I just like do so like anytime I'm listening to any song in this album I'm like thinking about the other songs because I know that it's like a storyline yeah album I feel like I do the same thing with um like Icarus Falls because it has like that thematic element whereas like normally I don't do that like if I'm listening to like a Harry song like Cherry or something I'm not like thinking about like all the other songs that are like you know related to it mm-hmm. um sometimes i am but i feel like with this album specifically it's like all so connected yeah now really drilled that into our brain right he was like make yes, sure you did. listen to it <laughs> yeah. in order it tells a story <laughs> yeah he was very particular <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> 
also almost felt bad the first time that I just decided to go listen to whichever song I wanted. I'm like, oh, right. He's going to get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate um, something I appreciate about appreciate about this song is that I think like sometimes uh, or like I think it had the potential to be like a bit like heteronormative, um, a song like being called Dress. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the actual song isn't at all. Like the lyrics are very like, you know, interpretive. Um, and it's like the person in the song is very mysterious. Um, like I feel like the dress is like the character in the song and like the actual person he's singing about is a little bit more like mysterious as far as like who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciate because I think like there is like a danger sometimes for songs like that to end up being like, you know, a little heteronormative. That's true. And I'm like, I'm looking through the lyrics and he doesn't actually use like she, her pronouns at all. No, exactly. Yeah. And he, when he taught, when he does like the chorus, he's like, um, I just want to see it on your body, like dancing around. Um, so like, I feel like you can like listen to the song and just however like your own imagination or like life could fit into it really yeah. easily yeah exactly yeah. and it's like the same thing with specific lyrics connecting to your own life right like he's mm-hmm. singing about a dress and he's singing about his own experience with a dress but i could be like listening to this song and connecting my experience to like somebody who's left like a cd at my house or yeah mm. totally yeah yeah and then the song ends with um just like half the the second half of the chorus the i just want to see it back on your body watch you dance around and tell you i'm sorry maybe it's time to put your dress dress away even though i don't want to babe i feel like this last line too is very uh intentional the even though i don't want to because in the whole rest of the song it ends with even if i don't want to um so like on the other choruses it Mm. is Maybe it's time to put your dress away, even if I don't want to, babe. And then the last line is, maybe it's time to put your dress away, even though I don't want to, babe. Which, now that I'm, like, saying that, it's like, oh, it's really, like, a stab in my heart. (laughs) Because it's, like, the first lines are, like, it's kind of still a question. Like, even if I don't want to. Like, if is a questioning word, right? Like, if I put the dress away, I don't want to. But the last one, even though, that's, like, definitive. That's, like, him saying, it is time to put your dress away. Even though I don't want to, I'm going to do it anyways. Like, he's taken that if out. Ugh. Ugh, Niall. Yeah. It's like he's, like... (laughs) Like, he's put it away, right? Like, he's close. Yeah. Like, I almost picture, like, if he did a video for this song, like, it ends yes. with him, like, hanging the dress up and, like, closing the, like, closet doors. Yes, with that, even though I don't want to, babe, he'd be closing the door mm-hmm. and walking away. Oh. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> well, with that in mind, what do you envision for me? I, I mean, the... The options for this music video are so, there's so many. I know. Yeah. You what could do you be, kind of envision? Like, you could be very direct with it, right? Like, have it open mm-hmm. with him, like, walking through his flat and then seeing the dress and then, like, maybe going back with, like, memories or, like, in black and white or something, yeah. you know? And then, like, a throwback to the, like, black and white song. Like, right. you could be very deliberate in that way where you just, like, have the video based on the imagery that he's done with the song. Or you could do something, like, totally out of left field that doesn't even, like, connect to the lyrics specifically mm-hmm. where it's just, like, it's a whole other scene with her, like, just wearing the dress and it doesn't have anything to do with him, like, putting it away, but it's just the entire video's, like, mm. the throwback to, like, them maybe at this, like, 
garden party where she's wearing this like white sundress and then they take the picture together and mm-hmm. uh, and the like whole video is like happy moments but he's singing this sad song i feel like that's a very nile thing to do like make a yeah. very happy video to a very sad uh-huh. song <laughs> yeah it's definitely <laughs> yeah I think, like, when I first heard this song, like, especially with the, with the opening lines of the, that little white number you left here in the summer, I think I definitely, like, pictured, like, I don't know, like, golden hour light and, like, a field, mm-hmm. like, maybe, like, a dry grass field or something with, like, a, a dress on a hanger, like, blowing in the breeze. Yes. Um, <laughs> I also, like, I also picture, especially when he's talking about the, like, picture on the phone, um, I, like, kind of had this, like, imagination of, like, um that maybe this picture was taken at a wedding, but it wasn't their wedding. Like, they were guests at a wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, not that you would actually wear a white dress to a wedding, so, like, that probably is not a correct theory. Mm. But (laughs) I like the idea of it, and I like the idea of a music video being, like, them at a wedding, like, as guests, like, dancing and, like, being happy. Because I just like that kind of, like, extra, like, heaviness or, like, meaning of, like, the wedding kind of theme it could be like i've been to a wedding before where like everyone else wears white except the like bride mm. and groom yeah I that's feel like, true i feel like that's yeah. something celebrities would do <laughs> yeah that's, that's true well because it's like it feels like it's it's like a very important like dress and like the photo fo- like i feel like you know the photo you might have on as your background would be like a nice photo that someone took of you when you were like at a nice event mm-hmm. with the person yeah um, for sure so, yeah, I feel like I could see a video of, like, having, like, a lot of scenes of them, like, kind of dancing at a wedding. Because I feel like that would especially lend itself to the violin and, like, the Irish feel of the chorus. Um, like, dancing and, you know, a group of people. Um, and then I also like the idea of, like, him walking through his house, too. Like, while she's gone, kind of, like, the after. Like, going back and forth between, like, yeah. the happy times and then, like, now him being alone with the the dress. I also just had a funny thought of him like this 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 isn't what I would envision but it just it just came into my head right now of not of Niall putting the dress on <laughs> and the video going in a very different direction. I mean I wouldn't put it past him. No. <laughs> oh, that would be a very entertaining video from him. It would. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think we'll ever get a music video of this song. Um, No, especially if it's, like, a bonus. And I kind of, like, I'm sad to say this, but I kind of feel like he's done with this era. I know. (laughs) Like, I feel like when he, I feel like he's probably going to pull a Taylor Swift on us with music. I think so, Um, Maybe not a full album and maybe not something as career defining and incredible as folk folklore (laughs) (laughs) but um like i feel like he will probably put out more music before he tours again and Mm -hmm. like i don't want it to be but i feel like bonus tracks are kind of the first thing to get dropped from a set list yeah (laughs) yeah that's why i'm sad because i feel like if we had gotten the original heartbreak weather tour there's a good chance we would have gotten this song because Uh um he might have just played the whole album and um especially since um connor masterson is like in his band and he would be on tour with him and like he contributed so much to this song 
like you'd think it would probably be one that they'd want to perform live for oh that yeah too. this would be like connor's moment to shine right uh, it really would so they might maybe, leave it on maybe he'll leave it on yeah maybe he will leave it because of connor because mm-hmm. it's like the violin song mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah, we'll have to see i don't know i guess it depends we'll on how see. much music and like what type of music he puts out because he might i feel like he likes to keep things thematically similar right Mm -hmm. like i feel like there's some songs on Flickr that maybe don't fit and he would have removed from like his nice to meet you tour because they just don't fit with this whole vibe of this album but um Mm -hmm. yeah i guess it depends on what direction he goes with his like next phase of music yeah definitely well, I really hope this. we haven't seen the last of this song because it is really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love it a lot. Yeah. Do you have any um, any other wrap-up thoughts about it? No, I just, I really like it. And I hope that we'll hear him perform it live at some stage, even if it's just some, like, special one-off thing. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, there's so yeah. many of these songs of his we haven't heard live, right? Like, from this I, album. Yeah, it's, so it's true. Yeah, there's so many. I know. It is really sad. I can't imagine not ever being able to hear San Francisco or still, like, at a concert, like, in person. Oh, I think we'll get those ones. We better. I think. I think we'll for sure. I feel like, I don't know where I got this idea from, but I feel like Niall has this soft spot for San Francisco. Uh So I feel like we'll still get that one. Yeah, I think he does. It's also just, like, such an iconic, like, title. I feel like Mm -hmm. if you were an artist that, like, had a song with that title, like, you would have to just like you would you would feel like compelled to just perform it because it's like yeah very very recognizable and yeah yep um okay so we're gonna now move on to our black lives matter segment which me and caitlin have been doing um Matt Belisai calls it do better white people um segment (laughs) (laughs) we haven't come up with a uh what's the word I can't even think of the word. Like a to better describe. title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, witty. We haven't come up with our own witty title. Maybe we will someday. Probably <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> but um, today we're going to talk about uh, some boy band stuff, um, mainly around this article that um, Steph actually shared with us a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a couple days ago, um, from Rolling Stone magazine, and it was called. Before New Kids on the Block, it was black and brown boy bands that paved the way. Um, And I think the article was actually an excerpt from, um, uh, let me just read this sentence because I was trying to say it in my own way and it was very confusing. (laughs) In an excerpt from her upcoming book, Larger Than Life, journalist Maria Sherman examines how Jackson 5, Menudo, and New Edition inspired a generation of groups. And I'm going to let Steph take the lead on this one because she has prepared some notes for us. Um, so, Steph, take it away. Sure. Um, so I gave a title to this section, and I called it Motown, Maurice Starr, and the Modern Boy Band. Wonderful. Very, very clever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, I pulled some information from quite a few sources. A lot of the new edition info came um, from this Rolling Stone article, which is basically, like you said, the excerpt from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured we could just go through some bullet points, and then we could pause and talk about it. And um, mm-hmm. I guess, Lucia, I don't know how, like, tuned in to boy bands you are, but if you have questions about, like, boy band stuff for me, I can try my best to answer it. <laughs> yeah, I honestly am really not tuned in, like, at all. <laughs> One Direction is an anomaly in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm glad you're here. 
cool. Okay, um, so basically what we think of as like the modern boy band is basically the um, new kids on the block models. So you're thinking right. like five young guys, probably like teenage guys, each with their like unique personality trait. And then they obviously they sing and they dance in unison. So like lots of like, you know, five part harmonies and lots of like choreographed, like smooth dance moves. Like when people think of boy band, like, I think that's what they think of. And I know like One Direction is kind of an outlier, but... We'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, New Kids on the Block was preceded by New Edition. So, in 1978, New Edition came to be by um, Bobby Brown, Michael Bivens, and Ricky Bell, and then two of their other friends um, in elementary school starting a vocal group, um, basically because wow. they wanted to make their own money. <laughs> wow. So they per- yeah, they performed small gigs at schools around their town, and then they mostly sang covers of Motown songs. Um, and then their two friends dropped out and they were replaced by Ralph Riz um, Trevant and uh, Ronnie DeVoe. Um, so at this point, Ronnie's uncle, Brooke Payne, which like, side note, I thought it was interesting, like Payne. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, very interesting. Right? <laughs> was a choreographer. Um, he met the boys after watching them perform at a local talent show. And then he called them New Edition. Um like the new edition of the Jackson Five, and of oh, course, um, Jackson Five is the group that um, Michael Jackson was a part of, and then he came out of that as a solo artist. So yeah, so Brick Payne was their first manager, um, and then they had their big break in 1981. Um, so they came in second in a talent show in Boston, um, and then they impressed the organizer, who was producer Murray Starr. Uh, Maurice signed the boys to Streetwise Records and gave them the song Candy Girl, and then they released their debut album in 1983, which was also called Candy Girl. Mm. Um, I know that song. Yeah, I feel like most people would know that song to hear it, for sure. Like, it's performed a lot, especially on those, like, X Factor, American Idol type shows. Like, it's a very good, like, upbeat. Um, It's not, I don't think it's a super vocally challenging song but it has enough like range there for it to be a good you know like audition type song Mm -hmm. yeah um so new edition was basically an overnight success um their work schedule reflected that i mean we've seen this with boy bands a lot right like Mm -hmm. they toured and it was relentless with promo and that sort of thing um and then they received checks and their checks totaled a dollar 87 um, so, yeah, so this is another thing that is really unfortunately common in boy bands where they, like, work, 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 and then, like, their paychecks do not reflect that. Um, that happened with... That's awful. It is awful. It happened with, um, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, too. Um... Really? hmm Not uh, this bad. Like, this right. shocked me when I read the dollar eighty-seven. I was like, that's nothing. Yeah. Um, That's horrible. Yeah. And so basically it was explained to them by their manager that this was their effects of recoupment. So they basically had to pay back what they owed Mm -hmm. um, to the record company for making them famous. Um, They ended up seeking those damages in a legal battle. They settled out of court. And then they cut ties with Maurice Starr and Streetwise Records. So I think this is is probably like a good place for us to like break and discuss. Yeah. (laughs) well it makes me think the first thing it makes me think of is how like um like I'm definitely someone who views the music industry as a whole as like very uh kind of insidious and like Mm -hmm. you know there's definitely a lot of people just trying to make money and I don't know that like they always have the artist's best uh you know 
the artist's best what is the phrase I'm like their best interest at tonight. heart yes 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 <laughs> yeah um but when you you know you see a lot of people kind of coming to the defense of the boys in regards to like management and how they're not treated well and they're not allowed to do this and they're not allowed to do that but I feel like the way that the One Direction boys like were treated and like the way that they how much they were able to like make their own money like I think is actually like mm-hmm. they were really lucky um mm-hmm. and like they had a lot of power and retained a lot of power and like money and like reading stuff like this it's like that's so different like that these the members of these group like got yeah. like 187 whereas like the one direction boys have always like had a say in what they're doing and like the really the only exception to that is like zane who we've talked about kind of expressing that he you know felt more powerless and right. i don't think that is a coincidence that he's also the only person of color in the group no, I, I for sure, I'm sure that played a part. And I feel like you could do, like, just a whole episode, like, on that, like. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I remember a long time ago when I first became a 1D fan and I was watching some interview in, like, 2012 or 2013. And the interviewer mm-hmm. asked them, like, have you been paid? Like, did you buy a nice car? Or, you know, stupid questions mm-hmm. they always ask. And mm-hmm. Louie made a joke and he said, oh, we actually haven't been paid yet. They just, they pay us in, like, Coke bottles. And I was watching that interview and I was like, <laughs> it actually it made me super angry because I was yeah. like... Because at that time, I was also, like, deeply a Backstreet Boys fan, and they were very, very screwed over by their management. And I was, like, texting my friend. I was like, I can't believe he said this. Like, this is not funny. Like, if only he knew what, like, happened to, like, boy bands before him. And, like, I wasn't Mm -hmm. even thinking of, like, New Edition or, like, even how, Mm -hmm. like, people of color were exploited. I was just, like, mad at my, like, other group of white men. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or on behalf of my other group of white men, I should Yeah. 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 But it's, like, really interesting to me that it's, like, it always, it seems to always go back to Motown, like, no matter which boy band you're talking about, it's, like, Mm -hmm. oh, their influence is, like, black culture. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because I freaking love Motown music. Mm -hmm. And when I was little, like, so when I was a child, my my parents were kind of hippies and like they loved like my mom loved like folk music and like jazz my dad was a big like jazz guy and he also listened to a lot of quote-unquote world music which it was called at the time (laughs) oh yeah you know indian music and stuff like that yeah um and i wasn't really exposed to like a lot of pop music and the first time that i was exposed to like what you might you know anything kind of close to pop was Motown because mm-hmm. my dad had a few like um of the like Motown classic albums so like compilation albums of like different Motown songs yeah and it was obviously like back in the you know 90s so we had CDs and we would just listen to them over and over again and so there was like two Motown CDs that I had that I would just listen to like all the time and I like got to know those songs really well mm-hmm. um and I just like really fell in love with like that kind of music And it just, like, I feel like Motown just, like, gives you such, like, a good feeling. It's just, like, endorphins, and it's just so fun. And I feel like when I first heard One Direction, I got that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, this is so fun (laughs) to listen to. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like that, um, like, well, that, uh, who is it, Boys to Men song, like, Motown Philly. That song is, like, Mm -hmm. a jam. (laughs) Like, I love that song. And I was, like... I was kind of too young for Boys to Men when they were popular, but mm-hmm. I really like that song now. Every time it comes on the radio, like I listen to 90s on 9 and all, I'm like, ah, don't mm-hmm. really like any other Boys to Men song. I'm not too into that type of music, but I really love Motown yeah. Philly. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, anything else on, like, New Edition before we move on? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So, in 1984, um, so after breaking ties with New Edition, Maurice Starr and his business partner looked to create a white counterpart act. So, they got Donnie Wahlberg, um, he impressed them with his rapping skills, and then Mark Wahlberg, which is his brother, was also brought into this group. Um, he ended up leaving. And then they filled right. out the group with more members, so that would be Jordan and Jonathan Knight and Danny Wood. And then, more black culture influence, um, they started looking for a Michael Jackson-type singer to fill the role that Mark left, and that's when they brought in Joey McIntyre. Um, and so that is how New Kids on the Block came to be, and then they were a tremendous success in the 80s. Wait, so were they actually, like, was he actually trying to form, like, a specifically, like, a white version? Mm-hmm. What? Right? Yeah. And, and I mean, New Kids on the Block are completely aware of that. Like, they have a song, yeah. they actually have a song called, like, um, The Boys in the Band, which is, like, a tribute to boy bands across the years. It's a very cute song. Oh, really? Um, but they say <laughs> in the song, like, let's go back to the beginning, pay respects, new edition. Yeah. So, like, they're completely aware of their, like, like that they right. exist because of new edition. I mean, how could they not be, right? Like, they have the yeah. same, like, manager. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, is Mark Wahlberg the same person as Marky Mark? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's Donnie Wahlberg's brother. They do right. Wahlbergers. Right. <laughs> in Boston. I went there when I was in Boston. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went on some, like, Backstreet Boys trip, because I used to go on lots of Backstreet Boys trips, as you know. Yeah. And um, when we went, it was during the NKOT BSB tour. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, my friends and I were wearing, like, Backstreet Boys hoodies, but, like, there was lots mm-hmm. of, like bad blood between new kids fans and Backstreet Boys fans at that time and my friend was like we better take off these hoodies before we go into Wahlburgers like (laughs) do you want to get punched by an NKOTV fan (laughs) oh my god so intense (laughs) ridiculous but yeah it was uh it was good times yeah um yeah but like new kids on the block were super popular in the 80s like I mean I was Mm -hmm. born in 1986 so like I don't really remember but like I know some of their music um and obviously like I know them mostly now because they toured with Backstreet Boys like in Mm -hmm. 2010 or something right yeah so yeah kind of had to deal with them in that way (laughs) right (laughs) do you know what happened with like New Edition like after um like when when New Kids on the Block was formed like were they still around like so new edition kind of fizzled out um and like it's in that article um Uh they sort of fizzled out and then they had um like bobby brown left and like tried to go solo right and they sort of they split as boy bands do like it's in there like when one leaves (laughs) it all falls apart (laughs) right um so like yeah and then they reformed i think in the 2000s at some point and put out another album yeah. Um, as is what always happens, right? They'll reform. Right. They put out something. It doesn't really succeed. And then right. they split again. So, yeah. 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 So they didn't, like, they continued through some success. But I think, like, ultimately, their success fizzled out as mm-hmm. usually happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll move on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so then in the late 80s, basically, NKOTB was winding down, and then, like, I think Joey Mack left, um, and then they were 
done and enter Florida businessman Lou Pearlman, who thought he could replicate this uh, new kid's success. Mm. Um, so he puts out an ad in the paper looking to create a similar group to New Kids on the Block um, in 1993 after bringing in some members, dropping some members, finding some new members. Backstreet Boys are officially formed. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of interesting. I pull, I remembered Kevin saying this stuff and I pulled it. I went and I went on a search and I pulled this out. Um, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's a little bit like, ugh. <laughs> so Backstreet really? Boys wanted to be known for their singing talent rather than their showmanship. Um, a major mm. thing that they always did to set themselves apart in the early days was sing acapella. Like they would go to a radio show and they would mm-hmm. just like, they would say like, drop the beat. And then they would like sing acapella. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, I actually think that phrase is on their first album. Um, and they would often call themselves, like, we want to be known as a white version of Boys to Men. Mm. Um, so Kevin, in 1999, says... White like, people can never just do make their own thing. No! <laughs> I know, right? And then Kevin decides he's going to say this little gem. Um, we had to break down doors to get people to play our music and play our videos on MTV. Um... It says Richardson remembers, which is Kevin, uh, looking Mm -hmm. characteristically intense. (laughs) People (laughs) didn't want to embrace us. I think New Kids on the Block left a bad taste, particularly in America's mouth. But New Kids never claimed to be a vocal group. They were entertainers. We are a vocal group. We'd like to look at us as uh, like Boys to Men or New Edition, only we're white. Uh, Richardson (laughs) feels as though, paradoxically, the race card hasn't always played in the group's favor. It seems like to me, if we were five black guys, people wouldn't give us a hard time, he says. Uh, when I read that, I was mm. like, oh, Kevin. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I feel like Kevin um, on Twitter has been pretty vocal about Black Lives Matter stuff, so That's I feel good. like he probably regrets saying this now. I mean, this is going yeah. on like 20 years ago, or over 20 years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. they they used to say that all the time, like when people would say, right. oh, how do you feel about being a boy band? They would always be like, uh, we're a male vocal group. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were yeah. very against being a boy band. They would talk, you know, they would talk smack about New Kids on the Block a lot, which is why I was surprised when they decided to tour with them. But yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, but Kevin was very vocal about like we are a white version of boys to men. Like we can sing and right. we can sing really well. So it's so funny because it's like they're blatantly copying like um, black people, and then they're like, "Well, like why isn't anyone like liking what we're doing? Like if we were black, you guys would it's like you're blatantly copying. I know. Like, it's already been done. Like yeah. you don't need to do another version because there already was a version. Like, right. Make your own thing. And he's like complaining about this in Rolling Stone in 1999. Like people would yeah. give us more attention. Like if we were black, right. but like how much more attention do you want in 1999? You couldn't walk out your door without hearing "I want it that way" blaring into right. the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, like, they had a lot of, um, like, a lot of people kind of talking down on them because they're a boy band. Like, I wonder if it was, like, a back, a backlash to that. Or they were, like, lashing out at that, being like, we're not a boy band, we're a vocal group. Like, you know. Yeah, totally. Well, I think they always wanted to be taken, like, as serious musicians and the fact that they were, like... Yeah. I think they sort of resented a little bit that they were popular with, like, the teen girl set and that was it. Right. And, like, I, I mean... Like, I don't understand it. I'm not trying to say, like, uh. mm. <laughs> But, like, 
Kevin is much older, right? Like, at that point, mm-hmm. he would have been, what, like, 27 or 26? And, like, in this right. boy band where people are throwing their, like, underwear at him. And he's probably yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I've paid my dues a little bit. <laughs> right. What's going on? So, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you have more money than I will ever. Like, Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, moving on from um, the Backstreet vocal group <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so InSync was formed by the same management team so by lou perlman and uh, his mm-hmm. people with basically the same goal in mind they wanted to replicate they were like we did it once with Backstreet boys we can do it again mm-hmm. um so with InSync, like they were more about the showmanship than backstreet boys were like they had good vocals it's not that they had bad vocals but they were very yeah. much about putting on a show and they had right. a lot more upbeat music than backstreet boys did um, and something else interesting is that they drew a lot of inspiration from Michael Jackson and then like Justin Timberlake continues to do that in his solo career. Yeah. Like, I see that. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake's first solo album, Justified, um, mm-hmm. uh, like it's very Timberlake inspired, especially his like first, his first song. It's like, I love you, I think. And he's even doing like mm-hmm. a dance with like a fedora. Like it's very mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. And I hope I got that right. Um, I know Martha's going to like kill me if I got any of that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Martha. I can't, I can't confirm or deny because I don't know. <laughs> She's like a big JT fan, so she would know a lot more yeah. about that than I would. But um, yeah, his music is definitely very Michael Jackson um, inspired. And then like, so yeah, that would have been like what, like early 2002, I think JT goes solo. So then mm-hmm. in 2010, we get One Direction, obviously very different, but like they're created, made popular based off of those groups that came before them. And like... Like, even Savon and Carl Falk and them, right, said, like, we wrote music to try and replicate the success of, like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and their first two albums mm-hmm. really reflect that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, like, so interesting to me that this all happened because these, like, five, like, elementary school kids were like, oh, I'm going to make some lunch money. <laughs> yeah, and it's this, really like, wild. And movement, really. Right. Yeah, well, in, like, so much music, like, if you trace back all of the, like, lines of inspiration, like, from One Direction, um, like, you find at the source of it is, like, a group of black people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, with, like, New Edition um, being, well, I guess, really, like, Jackson 5 was, like, the first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, with, that had, you know, the first with, like, big popularity. Um, yeah. But then, like, yeah, because I think you kind of see One Direction and they're, like, so far from that and they're so different and, like, unique. And so it's easy to kind of forget that, like, the reason they got popular, um, you know, and the reason that, like, boy bands are a thing. Like, if I think it's easy to, like, forget those kind of, like, roots. Yeah. Because um, I kind of haven't – I hadn't even really known that because I, I'm not, like, someone who – follows boy bands so um I definitely notice it like more in their solo music um like when they're when they're kind of exploring like different genres and I can kind of look at like you know some of the stuff that Harry is doing and and kind of be like this is you know very like directly inspired by like black people like black artists mm-hmm. um but I've I hadn't really thought about it in terms of boy bands before because I didn't really know like the history but like of course of course this is the history (laughs) i know right um like yeah it's not surprising no um but it is something that i don't really recognize i don't think a lot of one direction fans do recognize 
Um, and even though One Direction, like, made their fame by kind of being, like, a little bit, you know, counterculture to, like, what you would expect from a boy band, like, they still were very much in that theme of, like, there's five guys and they have different personalities mm-hmm. and, like, they sing together and, like, the the beginning, you know, the first few albums were, like, very classic, you know, boy band type albums and themes and stuff. Um, and I think that's, like, a big reason why they were, like, you know, gained traction and, like, got popular. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with all of that. I mean, like, and you can't have counterculture without culture, right? Like, yes, they wouldn't have been able a, to flip yes, it on its that head is a good without point. it existing in the first. Yeah, place. that's so, a good point. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's just it's interesting because none of them really talk about this. And I remember yeah. like when all this Black Lives Matter stuff was really kicking off back in like mm-hmm. May. I was like. I mean, it's great that all of them are going to protests and stuff, but, like, you guys mm-hmm. have a responsibility here to say some stuff. Like, <laughs> you yeah. owe your career, really, to black culture. Yeah. Like, they all do. They do. Yeah. And I was, like, I mean, I was frustrated with, like, Bachelor Boys for not really saying anything, but I was, like, right. at the same time, if I'm going to hold them accountable, like, 1D also mm-hmm. has to be held accountable here. Yeah. I think it just goes to show, like, how, like, deep the roots of, like, racism go. Mm -hmm. um, And just, like, appropriation and just, like, not under, like, just people not understanding, um, like, the nuances of everything that we're, like, talking about right now. Um, Because obviously, like, some of the boys are, like, you know, they do, they are outspoken and they, you know, are obviously, like, smart and, like, educated and obviously, like, want to be doing good in the world. But I've never seen any of them even mention anything like this or, like, even, like, hint at having, like, an understanding of, like, the origins of boy bands and, like, why, maybe why they, like, you know, got got famous in the first place and, like, got all the opportunities they did. Um, And it makes you think, like, they probably... Either they don't even know, like, maybe they don't even know? It's possible they don't even know. I mean, they're European, and I think that New Kids on the Block were very popular in the States and not as popular in Europe. So it's possible they aren't even aware of, like, New Kids on the Block and the New Edition connection there. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because I think when they think of the modern boy band, probably their brain goes to Backstreet Boys. Because Backstreet Boys were very popular in Europe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, cause I feel like there's the Beatles that like they, mm-hmm. you know, might think of as like their original, uh, you know, inspiration. Yeah. But like, I think what with, um, their popularity, like they really got popular, like when they came to the States, um, like One Direction is like when they got, you know, when they started to gain popularity in America yeah. is when they really like took off. For sure, for sure. Um, and I mean, even the Beatles, like, their popularity, a lot of it, and their musical influences also comes from black culture. Yes. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know enough to be able to speak um, intelligently on that, but um, mm-hmm. I know that is a thing. And you could probably do a whole other segment just on that. But Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think the Beatles have actually talked about that. Like, oh, I'm I feel sure. Like I, yeah. yeah, I feel like I remember um, at least, like, John Lennon, I think, talking talking about, like, his original influencers being black artists. For sure. And I'm sure, like, Paul McCartney, like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he had spoken about it. He's, like, mm-hmm. he's quite an activist, and he's quite right. tuned in and aware of things going on in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I am sure he has probably spoken about it at length, um, 
but yeah uh, i can't be you know aware of everything that every boy band guy does yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can only contain so much boy band knowledge i cannot if you want the beatles info you'll have to get my mother on the podcast she's the she's the uh beatles fan (laughs) yes yeah, well, this was great. Thank you for bringing this to this episode. I feel like um, this is, like, st- you know, information I didn't really know, and it's really fascinating and important for us all to know, and I hope that the boys at some point will educate themselves on all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really names. fun. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. fun to, like, talk about New Kids on the Block and New Edition. Yes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. I feel like I'm going to have to go listen to some of these uh, groups music after we hang out because I don't really know any of it. I was definitely rocking out to New Edition while I was cooking supper before this. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it's very like Motown esque? I mean, uh, like they're really young, so be prepared for some right. very young sounding vocals. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. It is. You can hear the Motown influence on it. I think so. Yeah. 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 I'll definitely check it out. Um, okay, so that is our episode for today. Um, do you have a recommendation for us, Steph? Yes, um, I will recommend the podcast Reply All. Um, it is very good. It's basically like they say it's a podcast about the internet, but like they kind of use something that happens on the internet as their like jump off point, and then they go into a very like almost kind of like this American life type stories yeah. like it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting um they actually have an episode about one direction they do they do oh, <laughs> um fun. i think it's it's one of their earliest ones um i think it's episode six it's mm-hmm. called this proves everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's it's good it's good yeah um, they have another set of episodes called um long distance which is mm-hmm. basically where they um, they make friends. The short version is they make friends with uh, some guys who run a uh, call center based out of India, um, uh-huh. and it's a two oh. part. It's a two part series, and then they did a follow up episode, uh-huh. um, just this last week or a couple weeks ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's really, like, the long-distance ones are, I mean, the One Direction episode is good, but the long-distance yeah. ones, like, I think they should be made into a movie. Like, they're so good. <laughs> I think I've listened to those. So I feel good. like I'm having, like, a memory. I'm I'm sure that. I've recommended it to you before. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I just subscribed so I can actually listen. It's very um, good. But, like, all, yeah. like, their entire back catalog is good. The entire podcast is very good. It's very well produced, and it is one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll listen to it. Um, my recommendation this week is um, Julian Solomita, <laughs> who is Jenna Marvel's boyfriend. Um, and Jenna Marvel's has like ended her internet career. She's disappeared. Um, oh yes. But yeah. But Julian is still doing stuff, and he's valiantly carrying on their podcast on his own. Um, they had a podcast called uh, Jenna and Julian Podcast, and now it's just Julian. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's really cute because he, like, uh, both of them did a lot of Twitch streaming, and he he's still doing a lot of that. And um, both of them, but I think really Julian in, in particular, have, like, such a, um, like, real connection um, and affection for, like, their audience. Um, and one of the first po- 
podcast Julian did solo. Um, he had people, so he's, he's done this on the podcast before with Jenna, where they did shark tank, um, where, uh, Julian would create fake businesses and pretend that they were on the show Shark Tank and he would pitch them to, to Jenna, That's awesome. <laughs> which is really fun um, and hilarious. Um, and so he had uh, a bunch of like his audience kind of like write, uh, send in their like pitches for businesses. Um, and it was just so cute because it's literally just like an hour of him like interacting with his fans um, in like such a cute way. Um, and then on this last episode, he had people, his fan or his audience kind of send in like their tattoos and he like looked at them and talked about them. Um, but I just really love him. I've loved his content for a long time. He does um, videos on YouTube. He has the podcast and he like streams on Twitch. Um, but he's just like, he's really funny and his content's really wholesome and just like nice. So I would definitely recommend checking him out if you haven't already. I will have to check that out. Yeah, I liked, I, I wasn't a huge, like, Jenna Marbles fan, but I liked the stuff mm-hmm. that I did, like, watch and listen to, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we would love to hear what you thought about the show, your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please feel free to send us news stories or anything One Direction related you'd like to hear us talk about on future episodes. Thank you for listening to episode 234 of Talk Direction. You can find us on Twitter at talk underscore direction, email us at talkdirection at gmail.com, or find us on Instagram at talkdirection. Um, you can follow me individually on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And Steph, do you have any social media handles you would like to share or anything else you would like to share? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SmalltalkTattoo. That is like Niall's song and then the word tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'll have that um, that handle forever? No. <laughs> you do change them quite a bit. I, I, I will have this one probably still when this episode comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do change it um, every so often. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like your last one was my favorite. What was it? Oh, the, tit, the paper. paper. Yes. <laughs> it was paper houses in Irish. <laughs> yeah. But every time I read it, I, was I know. Just like, tit the paper. <laughs> Yes, and then ever since you said that, I was laughing at my own Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Steph also has a um, business of making adorable pins, which many of them are One Direction related. Um, your Instagram is designs designs by Sokka, right? It is, yeah. And then you can find me on Twitter too, but I'm much more active on Instagram with the uh, art business stuff. Yeah, but you guys should definitely check that out because um, she makes really great pins. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you make some Sailor Moon and Pokemon ones, right? Yeah, I have taken... I've been mostly doing, like, 1D and Taylor Swift right now because, like, yeah. I do my Sailor Moon and Pokemon and anime stuff, like, at conventions, but conventions right. aren't happening. So yeah. I am... Yeah, I have given a backseat to my geeky stuff, and I am focusing mostly on 1D and Taylor Swift stuff. Because yeah. that's where my internet fandom is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, they're very cute. Um, yeah. Make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkdirection, where today on Talk Direction Download, we're going to be talking more about boy bands, and um, I'm going to just ask Steph some questions. Um, we had, like, a... Uh, we watched a movie. Oh, we didn't watch a movie. We were going to watch a movie the other night, um, a few of us, and we didn't end up watching a movie. And instead, Steph told us a lot of juicy stories um, about 
uh, the Backstreet Boys, which I'm sure she's not going to repeat on TD Dell because she, she will actually, not. Like, <laughs> contains actual private information. Um, but maybe there's some like juicy adjacent stories to come I, I have some I can share publicly or behind <laughs> okay, a paywall great. at least. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, that's patreon.com slash talk direction if you want to check that out. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, leave us a review to help more people discover the show, and you can also listen on SoundCloud. I'm Lucia. And I'm Steph. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 235. Bye. Bye.